No, man. Yeah. No, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the analysis. I'm not doing the funny joke because these guys always laugh at me. The funny voice. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, you stupid voice. The stupid voice. Say. The analysis. Uh, today is a big day. Uh, this is a day I've been looking forward to for months now. Uh, we've been, I've been working on with a suggestion from my buddy, Matt Battaglia, a friend of the pod, uh, he's been on before talking to us when it was regular guys see Oscar movies a couple years ago, went to see Manchester by the Sea, we had him on, but he was encouraging me to come up with a segment that would allow us to riff, not necessarily about topical movies or movies we've recently seen, but just riff about stuff we were excited about or fanboy out. So I came up with this premise called A Case Four. And this is going to be the first ever time we are doing uh, this segment called A Case Four. So uh, to, to pay tribute to him, I brought him back. Matt Battaglia, say hi to the people. Yeah, I just want to call out that when we did the Manchester by the Sea, you called us regular guys going to see Manchester by the Sea, and we both agree that we felt a little bit slighted then. And it still hurts. still slighted? It still hurts. Yeah. One, I haven't even been introduced yet. We've been on the Matt Pataglia <laughs> uh, train here, and I, I don't even know that I want to sit through the rest of this. I, I almost walked out listening to this barrage of just proud statements about you like a mother fawning over her child. Okay. Uh, that was Adriel Mello, everybody. So Sorry, Mello the salt coming from the other side of the mic was Adriel Mello. Yes. So um, Mello and Matt are here, and what we're going to be doing today, and, and hopefully a lot in the future, is um, – doing this segment called A Case Four, and what we were going to do is we were going to pick a certain performer, actor, or actress, uh, maybe even some directors, and we are going to really fanboy out about, or or not fanboy out, depending on what case we are making. Uh, we're going to look at their body of work, and, and at least all of which we had seen, uh, and kind of break it down. We are going to make a case for them either being overrated or underrated or... or the perception of America has them nailed exactly. So with that said, today we are going to be working on Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Uh, nailing right. the impressions right away. I'm going to do my best not to do a lot of impressions today for y'all. But uh, So we are. Uh, uh, this is a, an actor that Matthew Battaglia talks about a lot. Uh, he even uh, once commented on his Facebook page, Matthew McConaughey's Facebook page, and got a like back. So someone that he is close to in a lot of different ways. Uh, you guys, uh, anyone listening now is, is one closer degree to Matthew McConaughey, uh, having listened to Matthew. You're welcome. Is so, that a real stat? Can real we stat. can we get a confirmation on that? I'll send you the screenshot when we're done, but that happened. Great. Yes. I, I, so, we, what did we, I say? It was. It actually was me. So Matthew McConaughey was doing a charity post. He just he has a Facebook page and he did a charity post. Yeah. And I just commented with your name on it. So the comment was just at Matt Battaglia, and then he liked the comment. So then you wow. just went. So he knows me by name. So, so Matt, it's really a Bob Pants like, not 
a Matthew Battaglia per se. I don't know because if he commented, Adri- he didn't comment Adriel Mello, and then he didn't not like it. We, we might have liked it twice if it's a topic. So we got a lot to cover right now, and I want to keep this structured. So the structure we're going to go through today, and we're going to take you guys through the journey of Matthew McConaughey's career as we make our case for. Uh, but the uh, the structure we're going to have is we're going to each list our two favorite Matthew McConaughey movies. Uh, the two movies we feel were his worst movies. We are going to uh, do what we think is his obituary movie, so his most iconic if he uh, got in a car crash and died tomorrow, morbidly. Uh, we are going to say what movie would, would start his obituary off. Uh, and then um, then we're going to uh, recap and, and talk about some movies that he may have been rumored for that, uh, and maybe have some comments on that. And then finally end with parts that he was never cast in or never rumored for, but we think he would have uh, absolutely destroyed. So uh, before we get into the structure, because I do want to kind of keep us on, on track with the structure, just give me a, a minute each on just your initial thoughts and feelings of Matthew McConaughey. Heroic. Broad range of acting ability, I okay. think, is, is what you'll see from my, my takes on, on, yes, my case four. You'll see I have a wide range of, of movies and characters that he played. Uh, I just don't think he gets enough love in the right light about what he brings to the table. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say that my takes are the hottest of takes. Uh, I think, so there was the McConaissance. He's oh, we'll ebbed, get into that. He's huh? ebbed and flowed. So if you look at his earlier work, I think you find yourself, at least I personally, find myself shaking my head like poor decision-making, Matthew. <laughs> and then there's a period where he does some cool stuff that overlaps and gets rid of the bad stuff that he did in the past. And then I think we're kind of on the downward yeah, slope of Matthew McConaughey's career. Cool. Um, but he's a cool dude. Nice. Uh, and so that's, I guess, going to transition us really well. I just want to read his filmography uh, real quick uh, so everyone has a point of reference as we work through this. So Matthew McConaughey, the journey began in 1993 with Dazed and Confused, which in terms of a leadoff movie, I don't know of anybody. Because I – a little spoiler alert, but that's my obituary. My my iconic is uh, David Wooderson in Dazed and Confused. So that was his leadoff. Uh, he was originally trying to be a page, a PA on that, and uh, met with the producer. And the producer was like, dude, I think we need to cast you in this. Because he's like a southern boy, a little draw. He's got a little pretty face, you know. And, and uh, Linklater just wrote the part for him, just kind of made it around him. So uh, what a great leadoff debut movie. But then moving in, uh, 1994 is Angels in the Outfield. Uh, after that, he played the villain in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, with um, Renee Zellweger was the the lead in that movie. So he was trying to murder Renee Zellweger. Uh, then uh, in the in the moving in the mid '90s, we had Boys on the Side, Glory Days, Lone Star, a lot of Texas stuff there. Uh, and then in 1996, he gets a big break, uh, A Time to Kill, which was a John Grisham movie. Uh, and he originally was supposed to be the uh, uh, the racist, I think, Kiefer Sutherland, like, racist jerk. He originally went in to read, and he went to speak to the director, and he was like, uh, you know, who's playing the, who's doing the, the lawyer, you know? And he's like, well, you know, originally Brad Pitt was rumored for it, but who do you think should play the lawyer? And he's like, 
I think I should. And uh, uh, the two roles that um, Grisham actually got final say over were McConaughey's part and Samuel L. Jackson's part. So the fact that uh, McConaughey was able to spin the director to, to uh, cast him and get Grisham to sign off was a pretty big deal, pretty big, especially for a guy who uh, had only really started working in Hollywood for three years. Talk, talk about grabbing the bull of the horns. Yeah, yeah. He, not a guy that lacks confidence, as we have come Shocking. to know. Uh, after that, Larger Than Life, Scorpion King in 97. He was in Contact, a Robert Zemeckis movie that did not do well. Uh, then he gets a Steven Spielberg movie, uh, Amistad. Moving on, he works with Linklater again in Newton Boys, Ed TV, which was a diarrhea mess. Uh, U571, the U-Boat movie. Um, then come the rom-com. Now we, we move into the early 2000s where he really starts to go full rom on it. So Wedding Planner, a movie called Frailty, which is very good. Um, 13 Conversations About One Thing, Reign of Fire, where he fights dragons with Christian Bale. Brutal movie. <laughs> Van, Van Stan is his name, and we're, we're going to have a take on that later. He's got the shaved head with the goatee. How to yes. Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Sahara, uh, Two for the Money, which was him with Al Pacino, and they were uh, they were uh, gambling guys. You guys are going to Vegas, so you go, go watch Two for the Money. Uh, Failure to Launch, We Are Marshall, Fool's Gold, with him and uh, Kate Hudson. Kate yeah. Hudson, thank you. Uh, Tropic Sounds Thunder. Sounds like that's about to be somebody's <laughs> best. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to Mello's list. Uh, Tropic Thunder, where he took over for Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson was supposed to be playing that part, but he committed su- or uh, tried to commit suicide, so right. McConaughey took over. I was going to say, Owen Wilson's dead. Then a movie called Surfer Dude, uh, and then Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, and then, moving into 2011, we get into what, what is considered the McConaissance, starting first with The Lincoln Lawyer, uh, then moving into a lot of indie movies. He really went full indie. So after Girls, Ghosts of Girlfriends passed, that really did a number on him. He had to uh, step back, take a year off. And then uh, Lincoln Lawyer, Bernie, Killer Joe, Mud. He uh, had a brief part in Eastbound and Down as uh, a baseball scout that talked to K motherfucking P about sucking the dr- sucking the dick of his dream. Uh, and then uh, on this cast. <laughs> um, Magic Mike, The Paperboy, Dallas Buyers Club, Wolf of Wall Street, True Detective Season 1, Interstellar, uh, and uh, then The Sea of Trees, Free State of Jones, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Sing, both were animated, and uh, Gold and Dark Tower. So that is the McConaissance, or the, excuse me, the McConaissance, McConaughey Renaissance in the back half there. But uh, yeah, let's let's lead this into uh, some of our, our structured activities. So let's start with our two favorite McConaughey movies. And I'm gonna kick it over to you, Bataglia. Give me both of them. Uh, and then if, and if either one of us have the same, we can yes and, and and kind of elaborate on what you're talking about. All right. So how I structured this was I, I boiled it down to my top four. And then for my top four, I boiled it down to the two that I think McConaughey did best in. Because okay. there are some movies that I think are great movies that he's in, but he doesn't make them the great movies. So that makes Cast sense. Cast in a wide net. So the first one that I think is McConaughey is the greatest in his time to kill. Okay. Agreed. Look at that, dude. We're going for so one. I don't think we're here. I don't think we're here. Do you I want to hear the I, I gave, Yeah, I would love to. I, I gave that an honorable mention, but it was not on my top two. So let's let's have yeah, you guys have Now it. imagine she's white. Yeah. That line? Wow. Uh, Which kind of hits you over the head a little bit with it. It's nice. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. With his accent, too. Yeah, we can duel this one because you're in here. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he played into the culture, too, of that, that not a lot of other actors could have 
brought to that movie is that he's he's from that type of world, you know? Not necessarily that he grew up and I don't know his specific situation in terms of like... Well, I can tell you he originally went to University of Texas to be a lawyer. Okay. He was in law school. So you've seen a lot of these, Lincoln Lawyer, this movie, Amistad. He plays a lawyer well, a lot. Or a that, man of law, true yeah. detective. Isn't he in that movie like a... Like his law firm is very small. They're not getting the bills paid. The electricity gets shut off. That's it's the like only reason he can take yeah, Samuel yeah, yeah. Jackson's case. So right? he's like very small time lawyer. All of a sudden gets this like giant case that's like nationwide. And then the KKK comes in. People start yeah. getting hurt. Yeah, there's a lot of danger. There's a lot of stakes yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. So he's like really good at being like the young guy who's kind of in over his head. There's, I think the weird part of that movie is this like hint out of an affair that he might be having with Sandra Bullock. I don't know if it's really needed. Well, you in the need movie. A, everyone tries to do a little bit of a love story. It's nice. It's nice for the patrons. Like they never hook up or anything, but no. there there is a hint of. He's also drunk that entire movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like yeah. He's like a drunk Atticus Finch. Yes. Yes. And we're gonna get to this. You'll hear me bring up a little bit later on. Not in this section. Lincoln Lawyer. This is basically like Lincoln Lawyer is basically a sequel. In my right. opinion, yeah. to time right. to kill. He's the exact same guy. That's actually why I didn't put Lincoln Lawyer in my top two, which we'll get to. It's because, yeah, it's, it's like the a exact continuing. Same movie. Exactly. So, yeah, you. Uh, but it's really just courtroom drama. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and those movies really don't get made that much anymore. No. Where it's, you think about it, and it's like, this was kind of in that season of A Few Good Men had come out, and people were like, oh, courtroom dramas are hot right now. Yeah, when was the last time you saw a movie where it was eighty percent of it took place in a courtroom that came? The Judge, the Judge, the judge great which, movie. Yeah, which, which is great. I, I yeah. actually didn't like the Judge. You didn't the like, the judge? like the Judge? Anyway, back on to McConaughey. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, but uh, so yeah. So time yeah. to Kill for me is up there. It's all. It's probably up there in one of my favorite TNT movies to watch. It's always on TNT. Yeah. Yes. So it's got that surprise effect when you don't know it's going to be on TV. So it makes the movie ten times better, kind of like watching on an airplane. Uh, but it's also just all around a great movie, anyways. Okay. Uh, I, I agree. It's a really it's a really good performance. Um, I also I don't know if and I, I haven't seen it in a little while, but I don't know how incredibly comfortable he is in himself yet to really take some big swings at this one. Uh, it's a it's a pretty measured performance, though. Uh, the one thing I really like about McConaughey is he commits fully to the part, even how ridiculous that paper boy movie that I just watched was like full commitment. Characters were awful, but you know, really, like, really, just gives it, gives into it. Uh, Interstellar, you know, yeah. it's just like, uh, but you know, the, the, what'd the, you think about that scene in Paperboy where he's he's yeah. basically being he's he's being yeah. sexually it's, assaulted it's, by it's, two uh, men. That movie is done by Lee Daniels, and that guy is he always tests you. He's the guy who did Precious. Based on an apple pushed by But yeah, that guy always. Uh, Makes you squirm. But anyway, uh, yeah, Lincoln Lawyer was really good. Uh, and I, I don't know if it was a McConaughey. No, it's not one of my top. It wasn't my top McConaughey. Yeah. I think he was still finding himself. And again, he's, he's only six years into his career when they made that movie. Right. But it also just kind of shows you, like, what he has, cap- what he's capable of. Okay. Uh, what was your second one, Saga? Second one, this was tough because I don't want to give the classic Wolf of Wall Street because I really like his performance in that movie. But So I'm not going to throw that one in there, but this is my. Right. I'm going to throw out a hot take. With Tropic Thunder. Oh my god! I freaking love <laughs> my god. Okay, all right. I need that. Hot yeah, take alert. Uh, explain yourself. I think he plays perfectly against Ben Stiller as his agent. Uh, there's a scene where Tom Cruise is on the phone with uh, one of the Vietnamese guys who takes 
Ben Stiller hostage, and he's yelling at him, telling him, like, we don't negotiate with hostages. And they show McConaughey in the back, and he's got this look on his face, like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that right there sealed the deal for me. And he just shows up at, like, the perfect moments, and he's hilarious and stupid, and I just love okay. him in it. Uh, yeah, you really wanted to make a hot take. So, uh, top two McConaughey, Tropic Thunder. Tropic uh, Thunder, time kill. Time to kill. Okay, Mello, do you have do you have another wrinkle uh, to to add? So, so I have a time to kill. I that? also had a time to kill. I agree with all of Attaglia's points. It's very rare. We um, usually. I, 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 I feel like we agree. This would be somewhere where we usually disagreed, but we didn't. So I, I feel like we almost always see eye. Okay, um, <laughs> but I, the only thing I'd have to add on to a time to kill is that I felt he really. What's the he had an emotional attachment to the role, and that I think. He grew up in a lot of that Southern sentiment, and he could relate to a lot of the stuff and a lot of the feelings being portrayed in it. And it felt like he connected so well, so young. You know, that was very early in his career. Like, you had mentioned the reconnaissance that happened years later. Well, we got a glimmer of that early on because of what he was able to bring to that movie that someone else might not have been able to. So that'd be the only, only other thing I'd add to A Time to Kill, why I really enjoyed it. Okay. My other favorite best movie that I would put in there and this might be a little bit of a of a hot take but uh so I actually I I don't like the idea that we're referring to his recent movies as the reconnaissance as if we're poo-pooing on everything that he was before it because let me put it to you like this let's say the reconnaissance doesn't happen right he goes to die after girlfriends or ghosts of girlfriends past and his career's over. Guess what? You still know him. He was still a blockbuster star. He's a top A-list celebrity. With that being said, now this leads into my choice of favorite movie, Failure to Launch. Oh he God. built he Christ. built his empire on romantic comedies, and that is the pinnacle. That is his golden star of romantic comedy. Some might say How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, whatever, with Kate, Kate Hudson, because they went on to do like four or five yeah, of those goddamn they things. together a lot. Fool's Gold, blah, blah, blah. The one that he knocked out has Bradley Cooper in it, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. I do like her. Also, All in Doug that movie. from The Hangover, too, isn't it? Doug from The Hangover, correct, is also in that movie. Stars, mega stars, a phenomenal movie. He brings a light hardness to the role that not only keeps you, brings you in and you feel for this man who's almost 40 some years old living at home with his parents i loved it you have to give credit to his romantic comedy history because without it he never even gets to reconnaissance as you so put it Hot take. you neither of you have a single movie from the reconnaissance <laughs> <laughs> because there is no reconnaissance without failure just, to launch you just bash the reconnaissance we haven't even brought up a movie that's been in it. Oh my God. I think we don't know what the reconnaissance is. I can't you, even add to it. The uh, thing is, I'm like, you know who's great in Failure to Launch, though, uh, is Terry Bradshaw. He is. He's it's, hilarious. Oh it's got the boys. <laughs> it's got the boys Dude, in I'm, it. Oh, man. What uh, I'm telling you uh, is that, that was a high five. <laughs> the reconnaissance is a stretch for him. It's him reaching to be something he's not. The, ro- the rom-com not is what and no. who he is. No, the rom-com. He learned how to do what, what he's done in the reconnaissance. The rom-com is what he is at his soul. False. The rom-com is... The, who he is. The rom-com is uh, access to a paycheck for when he gets busted playing the bongos naked. And why are and those yeah. paychecks so good? 
Because goddamn, he's so sweet. In <laughs> now he is. So there is something to be said about that. And and I have uh, I have at least one of the rom coms on my worst of, uh, and it's not failure to launch. But uh, uh, there is so so rom com it requires you to that they have to be like light and fluffy because people don't aren't going there to be challenged psychologically. But I think and, and so that's why you can't commit to how a breakup actually would look like because mm-hmm. it would frighten and, and sicken people to actually watch that in that setting and you also have to leave yourself enough time for you to mend the relationship for them to get back together because a rom-com basically unless you're watching the breakup can't end with with them not working out and so it, it, it like stunts the actor from like truly committing to the actual moment because you have to like keep it light you you can't sink the ship, basically. So I think he's always holding back in those movies, even though, yes, he he's a really charming guy. Like, I'll, I have to admit, he's a charming guy. Um, but Did you say, as a student of film, that you might have a certain bias against the romantic comedy genre? Ooh. Yes. I don't have to. That's not... <laughs> he I, fluffed up a lot of words to call romantic comedies trash. Yep. Um, <laughs> words in so yes. while we all we all come with a bias, strong bias on this side I of the table, by the way. I credit for going there, though. It is ironic that the three of us dudes are sitting around, and he really is known to, for being a hot dude that takes his shirt off, and this is a podcast honoring him with three dudes sitting around in my <laughs> Yeah, man, sometimes us hot dudes who take our shirts off really yeah. Yeah. We honestly shouldn't have our shirts on doing this but, podcast. But Melo, look at the beginning. <laughs> look at the beginning of his career, right? Dazed and Confused isn't isn't sexy. He's he's great in it, but it's not like it's not romantic by any means. Uh, a Time to Kill, uh, Glory Days, uh, uh, then Contact and Amistad. Those are heavy movies. So I actually think he got into the business trying to be a dramatic actor, and to Matt's point, kind of uh, sold out for about. 15 years there and then is now now in the reconnaissance getting back to what he would, would what's the saying one for you three for them sure is that is what that they say in hollywood yeah one for you three for them i would say i went into college as a math major and that we don't always know what we are when we start out <laughs> and we find our way and we find our path english major theater major okay. we are all now in sales that's true so let's not and sit I'm here and out. say that. <laughs> and I look at these here with my soul out. So, uh, my waiting two, for the Panasons. Yeah, the the, the Um So, so I have uh, my two. My first one was a movie called Killer Joe, which I suggested to you guys. I don't know if you've gone and seen it, but uh, he had talked about in an interview uh, that this was a part that really scared him when he read it. He read it, and uh, it was written by Tracy Letts. He was a Chicago guy, uh, writes for the Steppenwolf, um, has done a lot of great stuff. Uh, if you ever seen the movie Bug with uh, Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon, he wrote that, um, August Osage County. But uh, it's, he plays a uh, – this family wants their mother to kill their mother. These, uh, these like, tr- trashy kids in Texas want to, want to kill their mother for her insurance money. So they hire Joe – who is Matthew McConaughey, to murder the mother for the insurance money. But they don't have the money to pay him up front, his per diem. So he uh, has, uh, as a retainer, he has basically, he makes them put up as collateral uh, their, like, 14-year-old sister as basically, like, a sex slave. So the plot unfolds, uh, and Matthew McConaughey is just a man of law. You know, and he's a man, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's, he's a man who just wants order. You know what I mean? So he uh, he goes and has to collect on 
Really took, a, right. really took a turn from failure to launch here. Yeah, right? I def- it, it is definitely the exact opposite. But it's a, it's a heavy movie, and he like owns it, man. And and there's a scene at the end with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you guys will uh, you guys will just don't think of me when you watch it. But just it's, it's I'm really only gonna I'm think, only of gonna think of you. Don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's 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 a it's a dark ass play. It's a dark comedy. It's dark as hell. It's ugly. It's a, is it and a dark it, comedy? Yeah. Okay. And he uh, and he just owns it and like chews up the screen and it's and it's really and I could see that it was a it was a part that was an outside of him and when they were going to cast it he was still in that reconnaissance and I had a friend that was working or excuse me he was it was before the reconnaissance so he was still in failure to launch land and they were like I think they're rumoring Matthew McConaughey for Joe and I was like no fucking way they're gonna fucking ruin that like Woody Harrelson like anybody there's no other actor from Texas that can't do this part and then. Uh, they cast him, and it was almost kind of like a Heath Ledger thing, where I was totally against it, but then you watch it, and you're like, holy shit. Uh, and um, so I really appreciate that. And then the other one, I, you know, and he, he did win the Oscar for it, but Buyer's Club, and just where the character arc goes, because he starts as this, like, rodeo boy, like, absolute bigot, like, completely closed-minded to homosexuals, and then to watch him, uh, you know, not just with the weight loss, but to watch the character grow and develop, uh, and to see that arc kind of come to fruition. I just really appreciated what he did in that movie. And he beat my boy, and I think he should have beat my boy Leo, but he beat my boy Leo, and that was one time where I was cool with it. So it was the so. same year as Wolf? So it's same year same as year. Wolf. Same year. Yeah, he had a hell of a year. He yeah, did he, that cameo at Dallas Fires Club. Yeah. And he was driving to his True Detective sets, too. He was just moving from one incredible project yep. to the other. But what do you think he enjoyed more, Killer Joe or Failure to Launch? I think we know. <laughs> so... Let's go to two worst. Let's keep the the, the beat of the drum moving here. Uh, your two worst movies. Uh, my two worst. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna start with Mellow because no. you got oh. the beat up. Oh, okay, wow. that's I nice. Did. Wow. Yeah. I thought this was okay. the Bataglia podcast. I did uh, too. The way we introed it. So I did too. thank you. I appreciate it, Proctor. Um, worst two movies. I'm gonna go with The Wedding Planner. Oh. I mean, ding, while ding, ding, ding. while I am sitting here, you know, praising his romantic comedy, uh, both of my takes are on. Rom-coms. I'm not a jerk. I know. <laughs> I I am. I, it feels hypocritical now that I look at my list. But the Wedding Planner was a number one movie in America, and I remember this because there was a fact. Because well, J Lo. J Lo was not only the number one artist at that time musically. She had the number one hit record at the time and the number one movie. It was the first time it's ever been done. And J Lo is trash. Yeah. J Lo is hot garbage. She's an onion that's been sitting out in the sun for several hours, mm-hmm. and then you walk by it and whiff it in. That is J Lo, yeah. and she shit all over that movie. She because she's the main character. McConaughey's like the love interest, whatever. Blah blah blah, and of course he's adorable. But her hot onion trash poo poo smell is all through that movie, and it couldn't be safe. I remember a scene in that movie where he's back and he's talking about M and M's. Remember the scene with the M and M's? Yeah. And he's like, I only eat brown M and M's because. I figured they got less artificial flavoring because chocolate's already brown. And I was like, this is the worst scene. Who, 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 that, you know the levels of, of script analysis that needs to go through before they okay a, a, a line like that? <laughs> like 15 people had to sign off on that being like, that's charming as hell. And then McConaughey had to read it and like deliver it. And again, the full commitment. Yeah, to that, full like, commitment, yeah. He had to say it and he had to I guarantee it. the justification when they were analyzing it, they were like, it's McConaughey, he's got you, it. Yeah, he'll pull it <laughs> off. Pass it off. You uh, also went in, what I love about that, what, what your fans might not know, is that you went into that movie spite watching <coughs> oh, it. Yeah. You went into that 
knowing that you were just gaining a- ammo yeah. to hate on that movie. You knew you weren't going to like it going into it. You were, that's but like you, picking a fight with your girlfriend. <laughs> you know? <laughs> About how long it takes her to get ready. That's, that's like, that was. That's like going to a wedding of like your friends where you hate the bride. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the other one I have is Ghosts of Girlfriends Past with Ava Langoria. Those are my two. I two mean, for two. are we really? Yeah, no, I, I got some different ones. Mine are wildly gold. different. It just gold that just came out. I'm but. not a big fan. I mean, there's a sci-fi element to it, which is it, she passes away as oh, Longoria yeah. in the movie, yeah. and then she haunts him and all his next, you know, set of boo-boos and, and of bays. course, all of his exes they span the gambit of types of women. Yes, one's like oh, yeah. the slutty one, ones like the girl next. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. So yeah. Nice. Even do women even like that movie? No yeah. one likes that movie. No one. Who wants to go see a movie? What kind of female wants to go see a movie about a guy who visits all of his girlfriends and they're all just different types of girls? Yeah. Cliche. They're all just, yeah, stereotypes. Eva Longoria needs to stick to TV. She shouldn't even stick to TV. She's done. If you're going TV to movie, you get two max. And if if they don't work out, then you're bad. The only guy who's done it great is Clooney. But Clooney Clooney hit it out of the park. Like, he did... Like, uh, what was his first one? Um, Dust till dawn. Dust till dawn. Oh, I mean, okay. Like, yeah. He, 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 he set himself up right, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like he wasn't out there. With Plus, he's cool. Yeah. And he didn't go back. He no, didn't, he go, didn't back go back to TV. Anyway, uh, Bataglia, what were your? My two? worst are wildly different. Uh, my hands down worst is the movie We Are Marshall. Oh, that's a bad movie. He plays Jack <laughs> Langell, I believe is his name, Football the coach. coach. Yeah. And he tries. So Jack Langell, and at least to my knowledge, is. The, not like a historical figure in sports. If it wasn't for him just jumping on that team, no one yeah. ever knows who he is. And he tries to do this like caricature, we'll call it, where he's like got the bent over hunch and he's talking out of the side of his mouth and he's kind of goofy and weird. The movie's ridiculous. I'm over also the things of like the emotional sports movies like that followed Remember the Titans. I'm just done with it. Glory they don't even win one game that season. I, I understand that's sad because everyone dies and they yeah. replace the team. They don't even win one game. Or I'm sorry, they win one. They would have to win at least, like, go to the playoffs or something to, like, qualify for a movie. I like Just that pick. Take. I like that pick because sports dramas already have a built-in audience that's going to like it. That's and, it. And that movie really And they try to have it. that, like, shiver up your spine moment where everyone's outside, like, we are Marshall. <laughs> Movie's trash. Just straight trash. I actually uh, have a friend, Casey Crabtree, who she uh, had her, she had a family member die on that plane. And got invited to the We Are Marshall and got to hang out with McConaughey. She doesn't listen to this podcast, does she? Because well, I just bashed well, that <laughs> entire team's death. Uh, no, but that's uh, we're just gonna move past. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, We Are Marshall, not good. Uh, and then what was your other one? Uh man, I got three other ones to pick from. Two for the money with Pacino. Oh, I kind of like. I think that movie's trash. So he starts as. Uh, like this bike messenger guy, and he yeah. they find out he's good at making picks, so he moves in with Pacino for like yeah, Brandon Lang yeah to like yeah, yeah to like set the line and shit like that, and he immediately moves from like this like because again he's a bike messenger in the beginning, so his hair's everywhere, he wears you know sweats to work, and then by the end of the movie he's like got suits on, his hair is perfectly slicked back. The movie's trash. Isn't his nickname in that the Million Dollar Man? Yeah. And then I was like, there's no creativity to it. It's yeah. a classic Pacino post like 2000. Or post like '95, probably for Pacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's that's all I'm gonna say about the movie. Yeah, they, um, the 
the end of that movie, he ends up because he's so confident in all his picks, and he always makes fun yeah. of all the other guys. And then and he's just flipping a coin to see like what his picks gonna be, yeah. to see if he stays in the business or not. So it's like that's the character arc. There was a line in that movie from Jeremy Piven that I always really appreciated because Brandon's trying to give him some advice, and Jeremy Piven goes, "Oh yeah, I uh, wish I had a pen because I'd absolutely never write that down." And he like already <laughs> goes it right out of the room. It's a classic Piven. <laughs> yeah. If we ever do a Piven, we can put this I, one uh, in his top movie. I'm yes. not gonna sit here and defend that movie, but I. I found it super enjoyable. Now I will never go to bat for you know two yeah, for the, the money, money. <laughs> but uh, I, if that comes on on a Sunday, I watch it every time. Easy, With, easy watch. What's her name? Renee Russo. Yeah, yeah. She's Somehow right. McConaughey falls for her when right. he can do ten times. Well, better. No, she was fall for it's because she's married to Pacino and yeah. he's like trying to prove a point of like trust. Oh, Pacino yeah. has a really cool, cool monologue in that about. Um, the thrill of gambling. He goes to Gamblers Anonymous to get people to try to come to his television right. show. And he, <laughs> Super it's scummy. Like, yeah, it's like about breaking like how you don't feel that. alive until the, the chips are getting raked away. Yeah, uh, There were some moments in it that were okay. But yeah, it, overall it's pretty... Especially when movies try to take themselves seriously, but right. they're ridiculous. Uh, I miss uh, Rene Russo. Do you? Maybe because I just miss so Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, yeah. We don't know that. I watched all we need a fact check on Rene Russo. Yeah. Uh, so is that were those your two? Yeah, those are my two. I have other ones but we can okay yeah i i also added gold on here have you guys seen it it's streaming now. i tried to and i it's shut it off so, I fool's shut gold he's got the just gold. gold he's got fool's like gold. the classic he's yeah. thinning in his hair he's he got goes the, the opposite belly. so he lost it's... all that weight he lost like 60 pounds for buyer's club yeah and he gains it all and he's got the like balding hair and it's like it's like the weight transfer he's really trying to be christian bale okay. it's ironic you know they what did a dragon movie together. it reminds me of in kimmel's we'll monologue for uh, the oscars when he's like uh He's talking about Andrew Garfield, and he goes, Andrew Garfield did something for a movie that hasn't been done since every other actor in this industry, and that's gain a bunch of weight or lose a bunch of weight, and that's exactly what McConaughey does. He puts on this big belly, and he's like, I'm yeah. going to knock this one out of the park. Yeah, he's going to be like Oscar round two, baby, but it didn't work out. Um, so let's now make a transition into underrated, the underrated performance. Give it to our boy, Golden Boy, okay. over here. Underrated performance. <sighs> Mine is U five seven one. Okay. I don't. I feel like the there's a lot of hate in this room for U five seven one. Yeah. I <laughs> think it's just it's just <laughs> anyway, all right. State your case. Um, I think I don't know how old he is in the movie. I didn't look it up, but he's he's relatively young at the time. Uh, he's not like I don't know. He's probably like thirty at best. Is that the submarine that Kennedy yeah. was on? No. No. That's it. I'm thinking of something. I did a report on. John F. Kennedy when I was a kid. That's not the Well, they are U-boats. And he, so he plays, it's a different He plays second anyway. command on a submarine, and the movie starts where he's trying to get his own ship, and they and they pass over it, and they give it to uh, Paxton. Paxton's mm -hmm. the uh, the captain of the ship. Mm -hmm. Who he worked with in Frailty. And then they immediately, so they're on this U-boat, uh, and then they ultimately, a lot of people, you know, the captain goes down, and he's now leading the ship, and I think he does a great job being the young guy who gets thrust into a leadership role, and he's very believable as a leader of a ship, and he's both relatable, and people look up to him, and he does a great job, and I freaking love U571. All right. <laughs> Stamp has been made. Gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, it's, it's great. Okay. I will move on. I'll, I'll let you have it. Uh, Mello, underrated performer. I feel, because we... Looked at it, we I we made eye contact when you brought up frailty. I feel like that is your underrated performance that you decided on, which makes my decision much easier because I had a three-way tie actually Ooh, for I most hear all three. most underrated performance. It starts with Ed TV. No wow. It that continues was on my worst list. It <laughs> continues on to Reign of Fire. Oh Jesus! And it ends at frailty. The range that this right. man has. You're impeccable. Calling that range, yeah. I'm calling it range. 
Van Sant and Rain of Fire. <laughs> oh, man's out here with shooting he's, shots. He's, he's insane in that movie. Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey, Gerard Butler. We talk about an all-star cast. That's Rain of Fire. Did yeah. you know that? I knew that I knew I remember Christian Bale was in it, but Gerard Butler I must not have remembered. Gerard Butler's the number two. He's the second in command to the uh, the station, the safe haven from the dragons to Christian Bale's number one. And then Van Sant is the man who shows up in the helicopter with the other Americans who's out here battling the dragons. Yeah, and, and of all that, uh, McConaughey's the crazy one. Yes. It's this Shaved insane head. movie. <laughs> Most of it doesn't make sense. And Mcconaughey's the craziest part in that movie. He dies in that movie jumping so, at a dragon with a, with a battle axe yes. off of a tower. Yeah. Dragon's coming down. Full, full commitment. Beautiful. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. But I'm going to go with Ed TV on this one. Oh, right. I'm going to go with Ed TV. Along the, the same... The man's Truman Show. I was just yes. about to say the same thing. <laughs> yes, but when you know I... When they pitched it, they were like, you've seen Truman Show, right? Yeah, we'll just Ed it again. TV. And it actually came out, I think, around the same time. I think they only came out a yeah, year six apart. Six months later. Six, right. It Which like Hollywood is notorious for. versus right. another one. Hollywood's notorious for. We know this. The Sleeping Beauty movies most recently. There was a Julia Roberts one, and then... Um, one with uh, oh yeah mirror Chris, mirror yeah, yeah. Charlie's there yeah and, the, and they had one with uh, Maleficent they had another one with mm-hmm. um, Angelina Jolie no strings attached and friends with benefits is where my head goes yeah every time. yeah we were naming another we're, example we're one it's, thing we moved past your example and went into another one I just wanted you to recognize the great example I guess sorry well, let's take a moment but, to uh, Golden Boy give him a, another shout out out here <laughs> so that we get his point on the record it was Did friends we get with it? benefits and no strings attached thank you. Ed TV <laughs> is along the same line of why I'm talking about who he is and what made his career. And while Ed TV is not one of the blockbusters, it's not one of the fool's gold, how to you know lose a guy in 10 days, failure to launch, correct. Ed TV is just a beautiful, well done little love story where he plays. I think Ed TV is the closest to what he actually is and what he wants to be a slacker that is just being handed fame. He's just hanging out. He's not really working for anything. He's kind of letting it go. He falls in love with like his brother's fiance in it, and that's like where the love story is. She, I forget her name. She was in, she's in a bunch of different stuff. Kind of skinny, blonde actress. That's all of Hollywood. Isn't famous anymore. Um, She kind of died off in the early 2000s of the aughts. And I just, it goes to the type of character he was playing at the time. And it's, I think it just epitomizes what he's, what he was and what has made his career and what people really remember him for. The reconnaissance is great. But I don't think that's what people think about when they first think yeah. of Matthew McConaughey, which is why I think Ed TV is a better example of one of his more underrated performances than something else, than a movie like Frailty. It's definitely not rated. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying it's rated. But uh, Jenna Elfman was the actress that you were thinking of. Okay. From Dharma and Greg. Yes. Uh, a yeah, crappy, a crappy mad about you. I have, uh, just on the. Uh, I love Dharma and Greg. Mad about you. Yes. So the uh, Ed TV was actually directed by Ron Howard. No. Wow. Stop. Yeah. All the star power. <laughs> wow. Um, One for you, three flips. <laughs> so uh, my underrated performance is Frailty, uh, which is probably – and it's underrated because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's off the beaten path. Have you seen it, Bataglia? No. You should go watch it. But it's critically acclaimed. That's, it's it like, is it's, acclaimed. Yes. So uh, the movie is about um, – he is uh, – McConaughey is basically – 
the future version. It, um, it starts in present time correct. and there's flashbacks. It starts in present time and there's flashbacks. So he flashes back and his dad is paid by Bill Paxton and he gets a, a sign from God. And he feels that he's this messenger that needs to go collect demons, a.k.a. people. He gets messages of who, who to go collect. And he murders them in their backyard. And the father. The Bill father Paxton does. does. And he's trying to get the kids to assist him in this, this journey from God. And so McConaughey is in the future and trying to tell this FBI agent uh, about how he thinks this string of murders was all done by his older brother. Uh, and so um, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, and very eerie. Most of it takes place in the rain. McConaughey's got like a very straight face. And it, big, you know. big twist for uh, for all the people who plan to watch it. Fantastic movie. Yeah, you don't see it coming. But it's uh, it's I think it's a really great movie and uh, very measured performance. Uh, uh, very controlled. Uh, very, very kind of sneaky. And uh, again, it, no one's really seen the movie, and it's it's just a really cool movie. I don't know if it's necessarily the performance. Is, is underrated. I think the movie's underrated itself. If I had to go uh, a performance that doesn't get a ton of love for him uh, from him, I would uh, probably say Wolf of Wall Street. He just does not get enough. It's the it's my I think favorite. He gets a lot. Yeah. I think he gets a he lot gets of a love. ton of credit. He's just he, he's especially not... especially given the time he was in the movie. Right. He, per yeah. capita, it was phenomenal. It's yeah. the most critical That's scene in the point. entire movie, though. Right. It's because without because it, it sends him down. The, the, sip, the slippery slope you know of booze and women. That, yes. that you know what actually... I like? Is you would think that that character, you would be like, man, that guy's a douchebag. But at no point when I watch it do I think he's a douchebag. So, like, he's talking to that waiter, and that waiter comes over, and he's like, hey, you know, give me two drinks or so two martinis until one wants to pass out. And you would think that the waiter's response to that would, like, walk away and, like, have an eye roll. But I don't get that feeling. I feel like the waiter walks away, and he's like, Guys, yeah, that I guy's think cool. the waiter but you gets would, hype every time he sees Mark Hanna walk in the door. But you yeah. would think he shouldn't be like that given his personality, and that's McConaughey thing. I think the waiter thinks he's fun. Yeah, I think everybody thinks he's fun. Yeah, yeah. because they're actually before that when they're on the trading floor, the one guy is being a real yeah. dick to Leo, and McConaughey's the nice one. He yeah, stands up right. for him. Yeah. He goes, eh, "Don't worry about that guy." You know, like easy on the you know on the new guy basically, mm -hmm. and he looks out for him and. Who is he to have, like, this guy's this well-established broker, and he takes time out to have lunch with this newbie who has nothing to offer him? Like, that is by far, I don't do that. We're in the job of training new hires. I don't do that to anyone on their first day. The I don't take time is, to have lunch with them. The advice is yeah. also from the heart. It's awful advice. But, but it's from the heart. Yeah, yeah. he really he believes means it. it. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's like, no, it's how you can make it. Like, oh, you will split the fuck, tip the fuck over and implode. And we can know? think that to his rom-com days where oh, he can show heart, okay. win okay. audience, okay. and be We're soft and have a Wall soft Street. approach. But I think, that's, I, think, I think people like that, but like the, the performance itself. And then, of course, we've got the, uh, the yeah. beat mm -hmm. of the chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll play ourselves out of that. <laughs> um, uh, before we get to iconic parts, uh, these are some of the, uh, the obituary part that I think... Uh, we'll all probably agree on because we haven't mentioned it yet, um, is uh, rumored parts that he uh, was was up for. Do you guys know Jack Dawson, the yeah. DiCaprio Everybody reference? Yeah. Originally, he had screen tested for Titanic. Wow. So this is a weird so. moment for you because you do like McConaughey. Both Leo wouldn't exist if McConaughey didn't pass on that no, no, role. Leo was already, he was already there. Right. He'd already been nominated for an Oscar that year. Or before that, before that even happened. Yeah, I knew that. He was, he was already, <laughs> Leo was already on the scene. He was already front movies. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it would have been interesting. He would have definitely had kind of a, 
American Boy swing to it. Yeah. Um, he also was rumored for Matt Damon's part in Private Ryan. Oh, so he was mm, okay. for Saving Private Ryan. Uh, and then he was uh, rumored for the... Uh, they really wanted him for the villain in the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy. The most recent Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Oh, Kurt Russell? Yeah, and they went uh, and he uh, wanted to do Dark Tower instead. Interesting. Whoops. <laughs> Dark Tower took a dive? Oh, Dark Tower is uh, one of his worst rated movies of all time. Interesting. Dark Tower? I don't even know. So the Idris so, Elba? Oh, that one looked bad. I think it's really cool that his favorite actor is Paul Newman, too. That was just a... Okay. One I think that research. makes sense. I love Paul Newman. I think that and, makes a lot uh, of sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Sure. So uh, let's get into obituary movies for you guys. What, what's the I most didn't wanna, I didn't, Again, I didn't want to say Dazed and Confused. It's an obvious right. one. I mean, it's true. I agree. But I'm going to go a different route here. Now, follow me here before you immediately just throw shade. Okay. So <clears throat> an obituary movie I want to call out is Magic Mike. Now, the reason I want to say Magic Mike is because if you've ever seen it, if you've ever seen it, you can admit to it. Yeah. You've seen it. His character is literally Matthew McConaughey in that movie. He plays himself. It's a biopic. He is a dancer, but <laughs> he might not be a dancer in real life, but he's the exact same personality. He's all about himself. That's he's all about showman. And I think that it's I think it's a great performance. The movie stinks. Do it takes think, a wild turn. Do you think that's what people will remember him for? Like one of the top movies he'll be remembered no. for? No, but I think it personifies him perfectly okay i can get behind that. i don't know if i'd call it his obituary yeah i guess i'm film. loosely defining the term obituary i like, think you just wanted to mention magic mike and as a know, take and have kind of no, i want to mention I think, as a take. I, think I, want, I think it would have been better served as an underrated see part. i just went as i think you just wanted to justify the fact that you watched magic mike me and, and my dad like the dancing <laughs> whenever it's on my dad will watch it will be like i like the dancing <laughs> Louis C.K. has a great bit about liking the Matthew McConaughey's part oh, in, when he goes, I see a lot of lawbreakers up in here tonight. <laughs> Louis, like, Louis loves, he, he's like, I'll stop and I'll watch it. He's like, I have a Matthew McConaughey impression and I don't do impressions because I've watched that part so many times. Yeah. Uh, just go and, and uh, a lot of people have comments and, and feelings about Louis C.K. But uh, it's, it's, it's a very funny, funny bit at the end of one of his stand-up specials. But... Uh, yeah, that, that character is is really another great cameo, I guess you'll say. He's only in a few scenes, but really, like, drives the energy, and it's human and fun. I think that's just McConaughey in general. Yeah. Like, he just, like, brings life to whatever movie he's in. Yeah. So, Mello, uh, you're, a, you're an iconic movie. So, I, I think Days and Confuse is the easy one, right? Like, if... And I think that's your pick. I think we all agreed that when yeah. you think of him, you think of Days and Confused. Yep. But if I had to pick one that wasn't Days and Confused, again, I think when you first think of McConaughey, you think of his rom-com years. You think of him as the soft. It's how to lose a guy in 10 days. It is his iconic role. It's with Kate Hudson. Yeah, Not we know, only, we've talked about it. That's, yeah. that's my point, is that we talk about it. They went on to do, what, three more movies? Two, fair, two we, at least two more movies together because of how well that combination worked. J-Law and Bradley Cooper right now are doing the same thing. Okay. They were the one of the originators of that type of movement because of how well it worked. That's what people think about when you first think of Matthew McConaughey, if not the, all right, all right. He did that in his Oscar speech. That is great. That is what he is. And you guys just need to get over it. You need to stop your eye rolling. All okay. right, because without that, there's no reconnaissance, right? I just can't. I can't even debate you anymore because we spent so much time on this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mine is obviously uh, David Wooderson. Um, 
the most he's in that scene he's in that movie for three or four scenes and all of them have been quoted still to this day yes uh, yeah. stands the test of time uh, I had the, a t-shirt in high school that said freshmen I get older they stay the same, <laughs> the same such age. a piece of yeah. trash uh, you got any weed you lot cooler uh, just so many awesome lines because uh, he's really this and, and it's it's something I, th I thought about especially coming out of college and uh, just that like the modern day Peter Pan are like never going to grow up man I'm just going to live this lifestyle and his approach to the character and just like he basically treated that character like how he thought of his brother when he was 11 years old his brother was like 8 years older than him and his brother just like seemed like the coolest dude in the whole world and so he just was like playing that perception of his brother yeah uh, and just again every scene he's in completely steals the movie that movie is iconic in itself I think he's the most iconic part of that movie uh, I yeah David Wooderson so the, the the his four most known four movies on IMDB by the way when you just pull up a, an actor on IMDB it shows you kind of what they're most known for is Dallas Fires Club Malik, Magic Mike Mud and Wolf of Wall Street Mud? Yeah. The top four? Mud. That's how you know how garbage and trash that list is. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> just the most known. I, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days definitely should should at least be on that list. But Also U571. Uh, let's wrap it up here, guys. Let's bring it home with um, movie uh, a movie part you think Matthew McConaughey wasn't even rumored for but would have just absolutely murdered. We'll start with Adriel Mello. I'm putting him in Wedding Crashers. I got them oh, wow. coming back together with Bradley Cooper from their failure to launch movie, getting that chemistry all back. The Who boys. Who should he have been? Bradley Cooper is his best friend in failure to launch. He's one of his also deadbeat friends. And then in Wedding Crashers, he could have been one of the groomsmen, one of the boys, like the dirty, like scumbag. But he could have been like his oh, southern scumbag. So you don't want him buddy. replacing anyone in particular? Just oh, no, you don't have him playing like uh, no, not Owen Wilson. Like, okay. He could have easily played Owen Wilson in that movie. He could have been Wolf. I, right, he's too, he's too handsome. He could have easily got anyone. That's that's my point. Is he Adam good as the Will Ferrell part yeah. though? The like the like, but I don't want to take Will out yeah, of that. I don't want to take Will. I think you add him in and make a groomsman a bigger part of that. Like for example, when it's he goes. That's what Maryland dubs cra or oh, crab yeah. cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Like he could have been that character, but written differently and a stronger, bigger presence in that movie, and really killed it. It would have been another, just in his wheelhouse type movie that he could have killed with his comedy and you know have some scumbagness to him, which would have been. If Will Ferrell was booked during the time they were shooting that movie, yes. I would have been very interested to see him play Chaz Reinhold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. I almost fucking nunchucked you, bro. Yeah, yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been good. Uh, good, good, good suggestion, Milo. What about you, Swaggy? I don't want to say it. No, you gotta say it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna preface by saying that the person that I want him to replace is not because they didn't do a good job. I absolutely love this movie and love the character and the actor who originally played him, but I'd be interested to see McConaughey in it. Ocean's Eleven. I almost went there. Bradley Pitt's character. Brett. Brad Pitt's character. Holy shit. That was one thing that rolled around in my head when I first started this assignment. And, no, if, not, and if not replacing Brad Pitt, maybe like in addition to the top three of Damon Clooney and Pitt, maybe like he's like a fourth head of the group. Uh, I hit on earlier with my U571 take uh, that I think he, he's a really good leader in like movies. And I just think Pitt plays like the cool dude, right? He's cool. He doesn't button his uh, cuff. Yeah. His cuffs on his shirts. Uh, he's got the tattoo. He's always eating. Always eating. Mm -hmm. He's everyone goes to him when they have a problem. In the second one, they're like, "When you have, a, when you have a problem, who do you go to?" And everyone's like, "Rusty." Uh, and I think he could have been Rusty. I think he's the guy that everyone could have gone to, and he's just a cool dude. That's a really good one. I, I thought the same thing. Uh, I'm not even gonna add to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, good idea. 
So uh, mine, I, I, I was kind of kicking around between three guys because uh, at first, it's like very Texas, so I, I started my mind on, on like Texas characters. Uh, I thought a very young, maybe like 1990, before he had even done Dazed and Confused, uh, maybe he would have been a good John Moxon from Varsity Blues. Ooh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want your life. <laughs> playing football at West Kansas University, maybe an opportunity your life. Back I don't want your life. Uh, <laughs> Then I was like, no, fuck that movie. Uh, so then uh, it's, it's I went. It's got Vanderbeek written all over So it. then I went like, I, I was thinking like Texas Lawyer, uh, you know, stuff that he hadn't done because he kind of dominates the Texas Lawyer parts in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, Charlie Wilson's War, I don't know if you ever saw that, but uh, it's uh, Tom Hanks plays this uh, kind of like Playboy-esque, but like heart of gold, wants to uh, solve problems in the Middle East uh, kind of guy. And, and he really believes in patriotism and, and, and the art of democracy. I thought maybe that'd be kind of a good McConaughey part uh, as well. But I actually landed on Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Instead That's of actually Jeff a really Malcolm. good one. And it's like this, like, the scientist, uh, m- mathematician, but like, you know, uh, you know the whole chaos, chaos, chaos theory. Chaos. And, you know, a life finds a way, man. Uh, and that that like that kind of like free love like hitting on the woman in the car. I thought all that would have played really well. It's also like it's kind of like sexy. You Gold know the Bloom? photo I, of Goldblum yeah, or the yeah. scene where he's got like a broken leg and he just, just zooms in and he's not, posing. Not that I disagree with any of your points. I just think it's sacrilegious to remove Jeff Goldblum from just, any piece of cinema. I'm saying yeah. if Goldblum was busy doing Independence okay. Day that during that month or two that yeah. they film or probably eight months they were filming Jurassic Park. And they needed a replacement. I think McConaughey, or if they were making it today and Goldblum was too old, I think McConaughey would uh, would have been an excellent Ian Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's good. Yeah, it would have been. It just it would have been a little different. They would have to written a little different, like. What about that I don't scene? Like, change anything. Must I go faster. He, must go faster. Yeah, go, 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 he go, doesn't go. really have a lot of urgency in, in any. Of his right, he's very slow. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, what is, would have been like? Uh, you might want to speed yeah, this one up. Yeah, well, like, what is power. what is a panic panicked Matthew McConaughey sound like? Oh, he can be manic sometimes. I, I, I don't know, man. When he drives those weekends, he's pretty much. Find out what the crazy I loved your Varsity Blues uh, input because I would just love to have seen Paul Walker and Matthew McConaughey in a film. Just oh my god. I had a dream last night. If, if you can go back to the first podcast we were on and you can look into the love that we have for Fast and Furious franchise, yeah. you would understand our well, Paul Walker love here. One but. of the most successful franchises in movie history. Correct. So he also would have been a great Charlie <laughs> Tweeter as well. He yes. Would, yes, he would have like been Tweeter, yeah. yeah. I call um, it the Tweeter dance. I like Khan. Which Khan is he? Scott Khan. Scott, Scott Khan. Khan. Also in Ocean's Eleven, he could have played yeah. with McConaughey uh, as Rusty. Yeah. Oh, Connecting the boys. Cool. So, so uh, we went three for three on the movies. I just want to call that out that we would replace them. Yeah, I think we all agreed. Yeah. We all uh, that, that was our best round. That was yeah. our best. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. people made it through that part in the in the podcast. They lost us. Wrapping it up, let's make a case for uh, what status do you think he's in? Elite status, uh, pretty good status, or bum town? He's completely overrated. Uh, and I will start because I've never gotten a start. I looked up his uh, Rotten Tomato meters, and, and it's not law, but I, I noticed uh, he's had 43 movies, 23 were fresh, and 20 were rotten. So almost 50% of his okay. movies are bad, Okay. according to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I would venture to bet that all of those rom-coms were A lot bad. of Mellow's Point were in the, in the but I don't want to spend any more time on them. <laughs> Which um, went on to gross billions combined. I think, I think the reconnaissance was one of the most fascinating things that's happened probably in my lifetime in Hollywood, just watching the career turn around when it seems so predictable. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, almost if it's, 
as if it were a character arc. It's like started in this one ridiculous place where no one respected him, and now it, then then it was total respect. I I think he's had a bad last three years, uh, which really takes the steam out of the McConaughey's. I think you need to in order to be elite, you need to have more than a couple nice years in your career. I think there's a lot of guys who have had decades worth of consistency where I cannot get behind McConaughey. So I'm going to put him in the middle tier of uh, of statuses in Hollywood. Now to you. I'm going to also put him in the middle tier. Uh, reason being, uh, I'm going to echo a lot of your points here, but think about like Gary Oldman. I feel like if you were to go take a survey of all other actors in Hollywood about Gary Oldman, they'd all hands down be like, dude, one of the greats. I don't see Hollywood saying that about their peer in Matthew McConaughey. Be like, dude, yeah, he was he, he had a he had a really good run there, with like a casual head nod. But I don't think anyone would say he's elite. He's not mm-hmm. elite. He's he's in the middle tier. I think so. I think that's a perfect point to bring up. So Gary Oldman, right, is a better actor. Most people would consider him, right? The films that he's done, the stuff that he's been in, the range, what have you. Um, but Matthew McConaughey has the stronger draw. Yeah. He he has the better perception in terms of it's a celebrity true. actor. So I don't know how you can leave him out of an elite tier, not based on actual talent, but perception by non-film critique yeah. people. The non-Roger Eberts of the world, the people that pay the bills, that keep the fucking lights on. I think you can't put him anywhere below elite because of what he's been able to do through these bullshit non-fresh meters and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? He still puts fucking asses in the seats, baby. We're still out here watching his movies. Rain of Fire? That's on syndication. That shit's running right now somewhere. So fuck you all that don't think that he's elite. My man to the top. Did anyone go see Gold? Do you know a single person besides... He didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what it was. Gold. I don't know. So that I, was I one of the indie movies? Some of, uh, that was one of the indie movies? I think you're letting your heart speak for Yeah, mind. that's a fucking indie. No one listens and no one hears about indies. Name me another movie that wasn't an indie that someone hasn't heard about. Go ahead. Yeah, Try. Know, we'll, we'll yeah. Thank you. I, I think your point was well was well put. Thank you. Uh, I think well the pit, studio put, exec, not agreed upon. Yeah, uh, I think the I think the studio exec would definitely consider him elite based on yeah. their pocketbooks. Let me give you an example, and this might be a little off topic because it's a little sports analogy, but Sammy Sosa, people know, people he was a Cubs player, especially here in Chicago, hit over six hundred home. People think of him as a home run hitter. Jim Tomey, people will not remember him as much. He was a White Sox guy, played many years in Cleveland, had some bad years, whatever. Did it quietly, has more home runs than Sammy Sosa. Are people ever going to consider Jim Tomey? Dude, when you think about who's greater, who's more of an elite player, people think of Sosa because of perception. Matthew McConaughey kind of has that Sosa-esque type of perception to him, whereas in a Gary Oldman is more of a Jim Tomey but type Sosa character. But Sosa wasn't an elite player. Oh, Man. people think he is. He's got over 600 home runs. People think he is. So, uh, yeah. That's all that I matters. Think, uh, We've got uh, two middle tiers and one elite, and uh, a lot of hot takes flat around this table. I, I'll give him one last uh, tick of a win. Uh, I think his best actor acceptance speech is one of the best I've ever heard. Yes. hands down. Oh, you know yeah, why? For he sure. didn't. He just like told a story. He didn't thank random people. He didn't try to make some bold statement about the state of the country or yeah. like this group of people or that group of people. He just spoke to the masses. His, told a story that everybody can relate to. His Oscar speech will stand the test of time. Well after Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Ultimate letdown. Yeah. 
Let me tell you about the polar ice caps. Oh, man. But anyway. Yeah, social aware issues. Let's just poo-poo yeah. all over it. Uh, I agree. No, just, I agree. <laughs> On Oscar night, a night of fun and joy, That's, do we really have to bring out that stuff? Yes, so that you, who who hides from it most of the time, can hear it for I once. It. Me I got to sign off this podcast before <laughs> I drive myself insane. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to my guests, Matt Battaglia and Mello, for coming back out. And uh, we'll play a little all right, all right, all right. Mm. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Fucking die!